This week, the Packet Pushers Priority Queue comes to you from the Aruba Atmosphere 2016 conference. Aruba is a well-known Wi-Fi company, but the Aqua merger in the early 2015 with HPE means that they are now a full-spectrum networking vendor. So Aruba is now a Hewlett-Packard enterprise company. In this sponsored show, we are talking location services with the Aruba Meridian product family. Now, the number of networking devices or the number of mobile devices is ever-expanding, and they have multiple methods of connecting to a network. Now, your smartphone can obviously connect over wireless Ethernet, and you, everybody knows about that, and there's even classic Bluetooth, which is also a network. A lot of people haven't thought about it. You use it for voice headsets, for file sharing, for video streaming. But in the latest Bluetooth 4.0 standard, Bluetooth Low Energy Protocol was specified to allow low-volume data transmissions over really short bursts, right? So literally in a fraction of a second, like milliseconds or so, the BLE standard says transmit some very low data sets or, or a trigger or a counter, and this has been known as a beacon. Now, these are small Bluetooth smart devices that broadcast regularly. And in fact, they're so small and so power efficient that you can run them on coin-sized batteries, you know the little ones I'm talking about, for up to two years. And uh, that means you can just literally hang them around the building like little stickers on the wall and that sort of thing, which is really interesting. So placing your beacons around your physical buildings allows smartphones to know where they are by hearing these BLE, Bluetooth Low Energy Messages. Combine those messages with an app to fetch data based on the beacon tag and some programming, and then all of a sudden you can find me as I walk around at a conference or get directions to the room where my next session is located. How do I know that? Because I saw the app that you produced for the conference. So now, while marketing people use terms like personalised experienced and customised information and, oh God, real-time experiences, what we mean is that people are now using their phones to find the shop they want in a large shopping mall, get the alerts that the person they want to meet is drinking coffee in the next room, and companies have new ways to generate revenue with push notifications to the user. Now, just to give you a sense about that, we got some demos today on how this can be used in hospitals, but the one that just blew me away was that during the Super Bowl 50 in San Francisco, they were using BLE to deliver in-seat merchandise. So you could sit there in your seat at the Super Bowl, in the app, buy something, and it would turn up at your seat later on. Now, that's the sort of thing that you can do. That's a whole new way of selling stuff. So I am Greg Farrow, and with me today, of course, is Ethan Banks and your regular Packet Pushes podcast show hosts. You can follow the show on at Packet Pushes or on the web at packetpushes.net. And joining us today is Julia Farina, Head of Product Marketing for Mobile Engagement. Julia, welcome to Packet Pushes please introduce yourself and tell the Packet Pushers audience a little about yourself. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, it's very great to be here. I've been with Aruba almost three years ago, mm. and I joined right after they acquired a small company based out of Portland, Oregon called Meridian. Mm. And I'll talk more about that later. But uh, I work in the product marketing uh, department here at Aruba mm. and uh, excited to be here. Fantastic. So the Meridian product is these little Bluetooth, the real, the physical pieces, there's Bluetooth beacons that you can litter around the building. The thing that I really got hooked on is the beacons themselves are pretty pointless right. unless you've got an app. So actually, that's where Meridian comes in. So Meridian uh, is the mobile app component of, of the puzzle here. So mm. we have Aruba Bluetooth Low Energy Beacon hardware, which like you said, are essentially pretty dumb. They just chirp out a number all day. But we have a mobile app platform called Meridian that allows you to build an app and create experiences around these beacons. Now, building an app, now literally, you actually have a platform where I can go off to today, the Meridian app, is it app.meridian.com or meridianapp.com? 
Uh, MeridianApps.com. That's it. And I can actually log in there and actually start drag and dropping an app together to go and put on my phone. You got it. It's a uh, subscription-based service, and it allows you to build an app from scratch. And the interface is really easy to use. Anyone could use it. And what's nice is that for venues that are just kind of looking to get started, one easy way to get up and running, it's Hmm. a templated app solution. So they can, you know, drag and drop their content and, um, you know, test out their mobile app uh, strategy and get up and running quickly. It's sort of like a prototype, huh? Or is it, I mean, maybe, yeah, so maybe prototype's not a good word, but you can get something on the ground really quickly and demo it to the boss and show a return before you go and commit to a... A custom app developer, for yes. example. Exactly. And, you know, a custom app developer can take months. You know, you can spend years on a mobile app. And what's great about the Meridian product is, like I said, you can not only create an app, you can test it on your device uh, before you even publish it to the App Store. So that's a great option for customers that you know might not have the budget to hire a custom app development agency, or just you know want to have something to test out before they really commit to a strategy. Um, now, for those customers that have you know a mobile app already out there, mm. or they're in the process of building the app of their dreams, they can use our Meridian um, SDKs, which are software development kits that they can. Basically, insert code from our platform to power, you know, indoor wayfinding and some of the other cool features that we're going to talk about. So let's talk a little bit about how that works because those SDK. So let's yeah. assume you've got through the prototype phase. You've done a bit of a demo with the boss. So I'm thinking of an enterprise, and you want to do a bit of a demo of BLEs to say where the meeting rooms are in a very large building. So I, for example, I've worked for big finance companies who have 40-story buildings. And finding meeting rooms on the different floors can actually be really tough. Like, yeah, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare, right? You go down to floor 17 and you say, where's the meeting room called right. know, Pilot John or something? And they've always got weird names or <laughs> exactly. something. Every company's got some strange naming <laughs> convention in there. And uh, you, you don't know whether to come out of lift and go left or right. So you produce a prototype in Meridian. So you literally have the whole navigation system up on Meridian apps. I don't have to go and start doing mathematical calculation, know where the beacons are, I just literally just drag and drop them and away it goes, like drop a map of my... Well, we do need your venue's maps, right? Yeah. So you would give us a map of each floor mm. and, you know, whether that's a CAD drawing or a PDF or what have you, that's fine. As long as it's architecturally accurate, we will convert the map into vector format as a service for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. And then when you log into your Meridian subscription, your maps are right there, all 40 floors of them, if that's mm-hmm. the case. <laughs> yeah. And so from there, you can drag, I shouldn't say drag and drop, but you can actually create custom routes. So let's say there are floors or parts of the building where you don't want people to necessarily go. Mm-hmm. You can draw your routes so that the wayfinding piece of the app will not take you to a certain area. Uh, you can also add points of interest, um, all of the content that you want to pull in there. look at the company there. sculpture in the corner. Exactly, <laughs> yes. We want to make sure everybody sees the sculpture. Are, are you basically making a, a, a guideline to get you from one set of beacons to another? Or kind of, you're following the beacon effectively? Well, so you have your maps and you create your routes. And you can do this without beacons, actually. Hmm. You can deliver what we call self-guided wayfinding. So it's basically you enter your, as an app user, you'd enter mm-hmm. your starting point and your finish point mm. and they w- the the app would draw a map for you based mm. off of the routes that you had sort of pre-selected or pre-created in the in the editor. And so you don't have a blue dot following you necessarily then? No, that's where you need the beacons. Got so it. self-guided wayfinding do, does not need, you know, bluetooth low energy beacons. Yep. If you want the blue dot, uh, you do need those those beacons. Right. 
So for the blue dot, I've given you my map. Do I also have to place on that map my beacons? In other words, at the end of the hall, I've got a beacon here, and then coming out of the elevator, I've got a beacon here, that kind of thing? Right. So you need to place your physical be- beacon on a wall somewhere, and then you yep. just... the. We need to know where that is on the digital map. And what's nice about Meridian is all of this content is created in one hub. We call it the Meridian Editor. It's basically our content management system. Hmm. So when you uh, configure your beacon and place it on a digital map, so to speak, you can use one of our tools to do that, and you'll Hmm. have access to that map in the Meridian Editor. So you can not only view your points of interest and you know more fluffy content, but you can also see where all of your beacons are. The interesting part about this is, and I learned about this a couple of weeks ago when I was doing a podcast in Discover in, in London, was that the beacons themselves can attach to the Aruba Wi-Fi network. Yeah, you know, so we quickly realized when we rolled this out at Levi Stadium, you know, when you have hundreds uh, of beacons at a venue, you quickly realize that, you know, you're going to have to manage this hardware. And, you know, Aruba <laughs> has always worked with, you know, IT professionals and networking hardware pros. And so uh, very quickly we learned that we would need management tools and a way to allow our customers to remotely manage this hardware. So we thought we would leverage the Wi-Fi network, something that's already at a venue, to enable beacon management. So that's where we have Wi-Fi-enabled access points and also a product called the Aruba Sensor, if you don't have Aruba Wi-Fi, that can be added to a venue, and you basically allow those APs or that sensor to listen to all the other beacons within range and mm. report that data back to the Meridian cloud. So This you, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. So it's not a two-way communication back to the beacon because you don't need to right. do anything to the beacon. Exactly. The beacon's just got to radiate. Exactly. Here I am and an ID and exactly. anything else in that information that the beacon radiates? No. So it's it's only the ones that are in the access points that are are listening to the other beacons. The, yeah. the battery-powered beacons on the mm. wall are, are the dumb ones that are mm-hmm. just chirping out, hey, I'm one, two, three, four. Hey, I'm one, two, three, four all day long. But what's great about this is like you know you can be in New York and log in to your Meridian account and you can see the not only see the battery levels and status of things but you can actually make changes. So it's constantly being updated over Wi-Fi, mm. which is a pretty big deal. We're the only company that can say that right now, to actually be able to manage them. If I was to put these up, and people would nick them, right? Because <laughs> if your beacons get taken, your, your, your solution starts to degrade. You can make probably work around a few losses, but people would take them if they weren't hidden away or, you know, if you stuck them on there. And that's, if they disappear, you'll know. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's where the management uh, piece is, is key. Mm. Uh, now, we have a lot of people that hang them pretty high. Uh, yeah. We've had people actually paint them so they blend into the walls. So we haven't had a huge problem with people taking them yet. But uh, mm. And do I need to put them on the wall or can I put them on the ceiling? You can put them anywhere. Yeah, okay. anywhere that you can stick them. Yep. Ground, ceiling, floor. Anywhere, yeah. really. Yeah, you know, we wouldn't recommend a, putting them on the floor, probably. Yeah. But uh, We saw a demo from the Barcelona, the art gallery in Barcelona. Oh, fantastic. And what they'd done is put the beacons up uh, all through the thing. I think they actually stuck some of them to the actual, like, the pedestals that the artwork was on. Yeah, And yeah. then you'd take your phone, right, and it would, you'd stand in front of it, and the phone would show you the page, and it would tell you all about the artwork. Mm. The idea of going and seeing modern art doesn't fill me with joy, because most <laughs> modern art is rubbish. But it but, should. You know, yeah, you know, but I get the idea, you know. <laughs> well, what's great about them is, is because they're so small, you can really stick them anywhere. Mm. And, you know, we're ta- we're, we've been talking about how they basically chirp out a number. Well, mm. our beacons can be configured to behave in one of two ways. You can configure them to be a location beacon, and location beacons are contributing to that blue dot experience. Or you can configure them to be proximity beacons. And those are the kinds of beacons that you're referring to in the museum. Mm, mm. Beacons that are essentially triggering an event of some kind. And in your case, the event was 
hey, he's near the podium in front of this piece of art. Mm-hmm. Let him know some information about and how this does piece it know you're near enough? Is it a signal strength issue or? Yeah. So you adjust for the proximity beacons, you adjust the signal strength according to, you know, how far you want it to trigger. So you program feet, it. I, I want feet, you, you know, what, however many milliwatts of power to radiate at. Exactly. The, the less you go, the closer in you have before you're going to pick it up. You got it. Yeah. So this is one of those creepy apps where you can, you know, when you're walking past the liquor store and it knows you like liquor. Hey, says, come on in. Come on in. <laughs> Whiskey. Margarita mix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was going to say something about eating your own dog food, but I'll drink my own champagne. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Sounds a little better. Yeah. So, so what are the big use cases here? I mean, the location's a big one. That's obvious. Yeah. Um, what other, you know, Greg, you were talking about what you saw in Barcelona with the, mm. the art exhibits. Uh, what are the use cases that we found for this technology? Well, wayfinding is a big one. We work with uh, very, very large public venues. Levi Stadium is, you know, one of the most high-profile venues that we've worked with for wayfinding. Uh, we've also worked for um, Warren Buffett's Nebraska Furniture Mart uh, chain, and this is a retailer that has, you know, over a million square feet of retail in in one store. <laughs> yeah, between in, the, in the reta- one store, in the yeah. in the store and the warehouse area, it's just insane. It's like IKEA and on steroids, but they actually are using the wayfinding as well, and they use it to again, help again, you. Again, wayfinding—it's pinpointing your, dot. your phone. Blue dot, exactly. Where are so you? Where are you going? Yeah, this phone yeah. in your pocket. And you, you like, triangulate where am I? Off I'm in multiple. this huge store. There's at least three beacons around me to help my app know, you know, where it is. And Nebraska Furniture Mart is actually doing wayfinding down to the product. Uh, level, mm. which is helpful when you're in a huge, huge retail which, actually, chain. Actually, Greg, we had an illustration of that this morning because after the keynote, he came on, whoever the gentleman was, and said, we're going to turn on you know, this feature, location awareness, in your Aruba Atmosphere app, go into the app, set it up. And when I did that, and it showed me on the blue dot where I was, it was scary accurate. Like, it knows I'm in the second row and the stage is right in front of me. Okay, <laughs> wow. Well, that's good, right? Because we're so used to this outdoors when we use Google Maps. And we've all become essentially helpless when it comes to getting around places. So when we're indoors, it's nice to know, hey, where am I? Especially mm. in a big venue like the Cosmo, as like we're at right now. Well, I was thinking about what, footfalls, right, in a lot of those stadiums where as the stadium fills up, people wander around looking for their seats. Exactly. get lost and, you know, whatever. If you can get enough people going directly to their seats because they're following the app, you actually significantly reduce the congestion around those events. Exactly, exactly. Or, and conferences is the same sort of thing. If you can right. get your footfalls going... People aren't wandering around going, where is it? That's true. And in, in a hospital environment, mm. it's it's particularly important because you have people that are stressed out. Nobody wants to be in a hospital. And mm. hospitals um, are like these giant clunky campuses um, that have you know you been built in. over decades. You've got to meet the, the doctor. Now you've exactly. got to go to this so lab and pick like up It's like now I can help at. myself find my way instead of interrupting doctors and nurses in the hallway, whose time is a little bit more you know valuable, one might mm. say. So the, the wayfinding has been a, a very, very um, big use case for um, the beacon-based uh, location services. Now, you said at least three beacons in order to figure out, you know, put a blue dot on my phone and show me where I'm at. Yep. More beacons is better? More is better because essentially, you know, you're hearing the beacons, you know, you'll hear, you know, every 30, 40 feet or so. But in order for the app to understand where it is, it needs to hear at least three signals to sort of triangulate where it is. And are those expensive? Do I buy them in a 10-pack on Amazon for 50 bucks? You can bucks buy or? them in a 50-pack or a 5-pack, and oh. they are, they're not very expensive. Okay. They're much more cost-effective than the way that we used to do indoor location on mobile apps, which 
believe it or not, we actually used to use the Wi-Fi network uh, for this once upon a time. Yeah. Right. A um, lot of reasons why that didn't work. The most important of which was it wasn't super accurate. And, a lot and then of crazy of course, math to try to get the accuracy yes, there. And I and was then, hearing Yeah, and then Apple made it kind of hard was, to, yeah. basically hmm. impossible to do on a, an iOS device. And so hmm. Apple sort of endorsed Bluetooth low energy technology and Aruba decided to you know, not fight it and actually embrace it as well. So we started manufacturing our own beacons and totally pivoted, which has been really cool. Assuming three beacons, just how accurate is it? Uh, within, you know, a couple feet. A couple feet? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's significantly accurate. Yeah. I was thinking about your retail store example, a million odd square feet. And depending on what it is you're trying to accomplish with that customer experience, to use exactly. the, uh, the buzzword, yes. uh, you need to have a couple feet worth of accuracy potentially. Because they can right. walk from one aisle to another and be in a very different part of the store shopping for a very different set of goods. Right, exactly. Well, doing that in Wi-Fi is tough because it bounces off everything. Whereas yes. BLE is not quite, doesn't exactly. suffer the same sort of loss because it's... Yeah. Exactly. And for it, iOS users, they have to authenticate um, in order to to see the blue dot, and yes. a lot of us just sort of, you know, we fire up our apps, we expect everything just to work. We don't mm. think that we have to, you know, authenticate to Wi-Fi to do those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing here is to realize that the beacons are actually very simple, low complexity devices. As you said, they're not a huge expensive. You could right. litter them around the place like you know right. little pimples on the walls. Exactly. But the real value is actually in the cloud, in the MeridianApps.com. Exactly. Which is the, and you've got all of the functions. To All I've got to say is here's my map and here's where my beacons are and you're doing all the, the math. Exactly. And all the app stuff. And that's exactly. the real part, right? That's the story we really should be focusing on is right. the BLE. Right. I mean, there's two parts to this. There's the physical part, beacons connected to a Wi-Fi network if that makes you happy. It doesn't have to be, but it can be. And that tells you where they are and lets you monitor them, as you said, see battery status. And they're not really that complicated. Right. But if you're probably giving Wi-Fi anyway if you're an art gallery they give away Wi-Fi as part of it because people come in and use the Wi-Fi anyway, so why not give them a Wi-Fi access? Yeah, beacons, you know, don't do a whole lot without a mobile app. So Mm. unless you have a good, you know, either mobile app provider or platform to help you build one, you're not going to be doing interesting stuff with those beacons. So you need to give them Wi-Fi so the mobile app can reach the cloud back end. Right, or or cellular. I mean, you can do it over your cellular network. You can do it cellular, but I know a lot of people have data restrictions. Exactly. So you put Wi-Fi in, you have the beacons, and then the app that you ask them to download can then call back to the cloud to use the back-end processing. And you're saying that the app development process isn't onerous to get the first wave done. So no, I'm looking exactly. at, the, at the page here, you're saying you know, like AppMaker can do a theme, it's already pre-prepped to do events. Yeah, it's You a, basically drag and drop, like the app we saw here is, an, is a Meridian app. That's theme? a great example of yeah. a Meridian-powered app. So mm. um, the Atmosphere app was built using the Meridian editor, and mm. so, you know, uh, an IT person, a software developer did not work on that. You know, anyone can do it. It's a very friendly um, interface. So that was built entirely uh, Okay, the so I'm dying to ask this question. Is that what most people really do? They, if, they're, if I'm a Meridian customer and I want to build an app, I'm really using the tools that you're providing me and I don't have to be anybody magical? Because what I would yeah. expect you to say is, I'm going to farm this off to... Someone that's really good at building iPhone or Android apps. Yeah, you don't have to do that. You really don't. Uh, listen, I'm in marketing, liberal arts major. Uh, <laughs> proud of that. But, uh, you know, I set up apps for conferences all the time. I configure my own beacons. I build apps. It is so easy using this, this mm. tool. But here's the thing. It's not going to be for every customer. Right. It's a templated build-out. So there are some limitations Okay, you know. so if I'm if I if, if what I get in the template meets my needs, 
I can go do that. It's easy, you know, and of course you've thought of all the obvious things that people are going to want. But here's the thing is on the reading app, once you've finished with the app, it'll publish it to the app store for you. You pay a fee, right, right to keep the cloud running, and you have to pay for accessing. So I don't have apps, to figure right? out the Apple ecosystem either to get something in the store. Exactly, and you don't yeah. have to worry about maintaining that app. You know, if things change within you know different operating systems, we manage. You're paying for us to manage that with the subscription. But if I want to do something beyond what uh, I'm getting in the templates, I could hire someone and. I, you you have resources as well to support those kind of people who want to do case. advanced I've got a use case yes. there, right? So we talked about, you know, like a map to take you to the meeting rooms. Yep. Well, the next step is to write an app to tell you which meeting rooms are free and then book it and then click I want to go to this meeting room and then just go straight there. This is a great example. Yeah. This is a great use case, actually. And it actually speaks to a couple of different things that we do. So at our you know, corporate campus, we use it to find meetings and book meetings. And we actually have a partner called Robin they do um, conferencing room scheduler software for apps. And so you have the Robin app and you can book your room. That's such a thing that there's actually a whole company just focusing on that? Yes. I was jo- kind yes. of joking. But. No, no, meeting rooms are a problem. Like people book them and don't use them. And so they use our Meridian SDK in their um, mobile app solution and our beacons so that they put a beacon in a conference room. You walk in and you can book a meeting based off of just being in that room. They know who it knows who you are because you have the mobile app, and it can say, "Oh, Julia's walked into this room. Let's book this, you know, meeting for her, so mm-hmm. no one else takes the room." So um, that's a great example. You walk into the room, you can click it and say, "Is this room booked in the next half hour?" Exactly. I guess, that's, yeah. That's exactly. Or because you're in the room with your phone, you know, the mobile app knows, "Oh, she's in, you know, conference room twelve. Let's book it." Mm. Instead of you know leaving it open when clearly you're using the room. Mm. Now you just so, said something really important there, which is the uh, Meridian app knows who I am, and therefore I can interact and I have the rights to book this room. So there's an authentication piece here too, right? And so let me explain. So the use case I was referring to had to do with a partner of ours, Robin. So Robin makes conferencing room scheduler applications, and so the Robin app essentially would know who you are because you create an account. And that's how you're booking the room. They have little tablets that they put on the rooms, and that's how they book them. So the Robin app uses our Meridian SDK to use the beacons. And so mm. that's where it, it would know where you are based off of your account and logging in. So well, We talked about one partner there, so this, this company, but there are other partners, right? I don't think that your business would just run standalone. You could be able to integrate with lots of other app partners. Tell me about some of those. Exactly. You know, I mentioned before that Meridian, if you wanted to build an app using Meridian, it's it's a framework. And a lot of customers, you know, for a lot of customers, that'll be fine. Um, for some, you know, they're going to want a custom app build out. And so we're actually uh, building a custom app developer ecosystem of partners to, you know, refer our customers to. Venue Next is a great example. They built the app at Levi Stadium that allows you to do a lot of that cool that cool stuff, the food, yeah. food and uh, food and beverage. A, a partner that's an expert in the particular problem you're trying to solve at your venue. Exactly. So Venue Next uh, at that time focused on the stadium vertical. So that was a partner that was able to help Levi Stadium accomplish their mobile app strategy. Now they used our Meridian SDK for the wayfinding component and our beacons to put the blue dot on the map. So mm. that's a great example of how if you already have an app, if you're already building an app, you can still use these features um, within those yeah. applications you don't need to without having write a, the routines that do all of this. Yourself. Exactly, that would take you a while. <laughs> yeah, that's right, and it changes all the time, as you say. So the advantage of having that in the cloud, 
to my mind, is that the maths that goes into it or the data that you collect or, the, you know, you need to adapt for different generations of beacons or different... That's just a whole lot easier if it's all in the cloud in that sense. Right. So right. it makes sense. One of the, the new features, I guess, you've got is location sharing. Not just show me the blue dot, but I can actually share with other people where I am. Yes. Yeah? Yes. We just announced that today. We're very excited about it. Okay. <laughs> so so how, how did this come to be? And uh, what's the? can I bake this into anything that's Meridian-based? Well, if you're a customer of ours and you have uh, beacons in your venue and you're using them for location to power that blue dot... Uh, then yes, you can. So it, all it takes are, are Aruba beacons and our Meridian either SDK or a Meridian app maker deployment. So what's great is using that same beacon infrastructure that you're using to put a blue dot on the map, you can now add another feature to your deployment in the sense that now I can share my location with you and you can share your location with me. Okay, so the location sharing is in the context of that same app that knows where I am. It's, yes. It's not like I can just share it to the web and people can follow right. me around. Right, and you might be thinking, okay, Android and Apple already let you you know, find your friends and, and, and what have you, that's nothing new. But what we're allowing our customers to do is put some parameters around this. So I would share my location with you while I'm at a particular venue using that app. The, the Cosmo here today is a great example. Hmm. We're here for an event. We're using the Atmosphere app at the Cosmo. And if I wanted to share my location with you, it's actually a two-way process. It's reciprocal in the sense that you can only see me if I can see you. And so if I've got to find you or I'm like, where is he? We're supposed to go on the air in five minutes. Like, where is this guy? You know, I can find you like, oh, he's actually just, you know, a couple doors down. Exact mutual authentication process where I shared that with him. I want to share my location. You got to, he had to click a link and then he could now see me on the the link went off to the, off on a web browser and and registered obviously on your app. And away we went. And now, it's now incredibly the, now helpful. The, yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a venue like this or in a situation like this, or yes. even you know, at a mall, if you're there with the, the kids and you have a meetup spot and, mm. of course, nobody's there on time and you're wondering where they are, you, know, you could see where they are. And when you guys leave the mall, it's over. It's done. You know, your location sharing is confined to that location. Where the be beacons are. Beacon. Where the beacons are, yeah. exactly. And you can pause this at any time. Um, and resume it as as you as you want because of course you know you you wouldn't necessarily want to be sharing. So, so there is an element of privacy here. You know, if let's say I'm someone who maybe I want to use the app, but I'm not too keen on the location thing because it creeps me out. What are my options? Don't do it. Yeah. So someone, I don't have to engage. Exactly. I mean, so can, can you have I, to be I can invited. shut off my Bluetooth radio? Do I have to be that radical? There's you wouldn't actually. So if you still wanted to use the app and the beacons to find your way to rooms, but you just don't want to share your location with other people, you just don't accept the invite that someone sends you. So mm-hmm. in order to do location sharing, I literally have to send you an invite and you can say yay or nay. Mm. And if I That's, did shut off the Bluetooth radio, then I, I effectively am losing the what those beacons are giving me. So it's a choice exactly, I'm making. Exactly. If I'm hyper-concerned about privacy, I don't want anybody that has insight into this app and knows these beacons and can see the other Bluetooth that's bouncing off. Yeah, well, you're yep. not joining. It's not like a normal Bluetooth. You know, when you get a exactly. headset and you put it on, you have to yeah. join the two devices yeah. together. And that's a continuous network. You're actually creating a network between the earpiece and the phone. The beacons are not two-way. No, the beacons are. Yes. The, right. the beacon goes. Bleh, That's bleh. why we love it. Honestly, yeah. I love I love talking about privacy now because I mean mm. it's so privacy friendly. I mean, you mm. have to download the app, which is your choice. Enable location based services, your choice. Have your Bluetooth uh, radio on, your choice. 
And then this feature gives you the choice to opt in or opt out. But then when accept. you leave, the leave. So in the case of the conference, I have the ATM app, the Atmosphere app for the event. When I leave, I'll delete that app, and then that permission's rescinded. I presume that or, that know. too, or you yeah. can just you know turn off location sharing or yeah, what and, have and you. People that are that are concerned. Well, I'm not going to share my location with everybody, but the app knows where I am because it's putting a blue dot on there. Again, you, it's all your choice. Exactly. You don't have to participate. And it's not being broadcast on to Apple Maps. Exactly. Exactly. Right. exactly. Right. It's not, it's and it's not, not like um, you yeah. know, Wi-Fi based. You know, some companies use the Wi-Fi network to to power this experience, and mm-hmm. and that is a different privacy scenario. Yes, because you are associated to the AV. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. The access points do listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and can track you because they track your MAC address as you bump around the network. That makes sense. How do you scale a solution like this? I mean, does it get funky if I've got you know like hundreds of beacons versus maybe thousands of beacons in a location? Well, it. Doesn't. I mean, that's the great thing about some of the tools that we've built. Uh, I mentioned before at Levi Stadium, you know, we had hundreds of beacons. We have venues that have thousands of beacons, large, large venues, airports, stadiums, uh, hospitals. And uh, the remote management feature makes scaling possible. So if you have a company with five locations and each location has, I don't know, 500,000 square feet in it, uh, we can scale that solution. So you put the beacons on the wall. Again, all that data is being managed uh, in the Meridian Cloud over Wi-Fi. So you can sit in one location and see the beacons at the other, change your campaigns. Let's say you want to have a proximity-based um, beacon trigger a welcome notification. You can change that whether you're at the location or not. And so we've built in that, that management piece, that remote management piece that allows you to scale. And we also have an app that will allow you to configure and place the beacons pretty easily. So you don't have to be carrying around a laptop while you're configuring and putting beacons on, you can use on the, the walls. as a probe sensor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, a survey tool. That's right. the words I'm looking yeah, for, a survey yeah, tool. Yeah, exactly. And then you can walk around and go, well, now I'm so far away from that signal, I need to put another one somewhere here, and it'll help you with that. Yeah, so we'll, you know, we would send you, if you guys wanted to, you know, beacon up your studios, we'd send you, you know, a five-pack or, or what have you, and you'd take out the beacon out of the box, which is a useless piece of hardware until you configure it. You'd, you'd have your beacons app which you would get for free because mm. you'd already have a Meridian subscription. Log mm. in, your maps are right there. You literally hold the beacon up to that app. It pulls in the data, and you stick it on a wall and drag it in the mobile app to a spot on the digital map, and it's there. That's it. <laughs> it's so easy. Okay. <laughs> the thing I like is you can, I think the thing that really appeals to me about this is aside from the mystical part, like you're taking out the hard work about triangulation and maths and, you know, signal propagation. BLE is pretty new, so you do need modern smartphones. And that's something that will get better as time goes by because the rotation rate for smartphones is pretty good. Yeah. You know, like in normal networking, 10-year-old routers <laughs> are quite common. You know, Sadly. heirlooms passed down between three generations of network <laughs> operators. <laughs> but I think, you know, the thing is that you can get started with this, you know, this sort of drag and drop, you know, app in the cloud, deliver it to the phone, and you can just do the BLEs in passive mode. So they just do the broadcast. And then when you're ready to take it up to the next step, you can go, well, I've got, I'm ready to scale this out. I'll build the back end infrastructure. I'll do some Wi-Fi. I'll get some Aruba Wi-Fi to start managing the fleet of BLEs. That allows me to get, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I can go up to app development. But they're not all done in lockstep. They're done at the pace that I need. I don't have to go in with this, you know, 
the normal thing in IT is that you go in and you spend, you commit for millions yes. to get started. Yes. And so it takes months to buy something because you have to set out, you know, and you have programs and arguments and, you know, allocation of capital budgets and who's going to pay for it. Right. And you've got to wait for that. This is really the antithesis of that. You can start small, deliver some value, and then iterate over that pretty quickly. Get some more beacons, redo the app scale up and then say, well, you know, we now we need to make the decision. This is doing work for us. Do we want to write a custom app? But you've still got the same SDKs. It's still the same thing, still got the same beacons. And then it's like, oh, managing the beacons is a pain. I can now Wi-Fi that up to help lower the cost of administering the beacons. Exactly. A lot of our customers start with the Meridian app maker tool to build an app. And then they decide, hey, you know what? We're actually going to build our own and we can easily convert them from an app maker customer to a, an SDK customer. No well, once problem. Once you've got an app, you can hand that to the developer and say, "Do this, but add this onto the side, and just keep the <laughs> exactly because you know, you, you've got a starting template at that point. Exactly. The hard part is the the UI. I mean, so, to some extent, the smartphones have defined UIs anyway. You know, the left, right, swipe, and up, down, and so a lot of the UI design is is removed. But you know. Right. And I think the important thing, like you mentioned, is, is being able to take it at your own pace. And you know, you're know, you not punished for starting in one deployment option, and you can always move to the other one if, you, if you'd like. You know, One other thing you mentioned as far as if you do decide to scale it up and you want to do that remote management, you don't even have to be an Aruba Wi-Fi customer. Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't even be saying this. But we <laughs> allow you to do this over whatever Wi-Fi network you have. And that's yeah. kind of a big deal. You know, it's, it's multi-vendor in that mm. sense. That Aruba sensor product that we announced last December allows you to essentially, you know, plug it into an outlet, and it yeah. will, you know, act as a Wi-Fi that's a little, client. It's a little box. It's about the size of a cigarette packet. Yep. It's got the prongs on it, and you plug it in, and that actually will start to manage the network. You don't need an Aruba. Exactly. But we'd love you, for you to have an Aruba yeah. network. Well, the obviously. thing is, that you still, <laughs> and this is my point: is you still need your app needs to access the internet to get access to your platform to get the data, right? Right. So once I get the Bluetooth beacon, that's got a number. That number has to be looked up to provide data. So you really need to provide Wi-Fi to make the app work best for most people. Because right. most of your customers will want to avoid using their, their data. Cellular, right? Right, their cellular, right, exactly. Data. Yep. So it's not that you have to, but it's probable that you're going probably to be. Best. Probably yes. best, And most and, venues already mm, have a Wi-Fi network And I think the place, latest so. generation of Aruba APs, the access points, actually have the BLE beacon built into them as well. They sure do. Why not just have one in there? Because it's like, as you said, pennies to throw one in. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they actually have, a, I think they, you said this in the session we had this morning, that the BLE beacons also start to monitor the RF space to make sure that the radio spectrum is free and working and can start to do diagnostics in the Bluetooth space as well. So, Speaking of all of this, one concern I think some network engineers might have is, oh my gosh, my, my RF space is already crowded and there's got a bunch of stuff out there. I don't want to be putting a bunch of beacons online. But my understanding is that their interference is really not a problem. That's correct. And, and, and again, my knowledge of this is these beacons aren't on the air very long. They microburst to say what they have to say and then, then they're off again. And so there's really not a lot of air clutter. I mean, Greg, you read up on this too, right? Yeah, you, you're only beaconing for microseconds or milliseconds at a time. Right. And, of course, everybody's into 5 gigahertz now, aren't they? And plus these are low power. <laughs> yeah, they're very low power, so they're not taking up a lot of physical space when the signal actually bursts. So if you've got people carrying phones around your offices with their Bluetooth on, does that cause your Wi-Fi to go out? Exactly. Yeah. And everyone does that, and no, it is not a no, big issue. No, it is issue. not a big issue. Well, it's, the, it's 2.4 issue, giga, well the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum is overloaded <laughs> and is effectively unusable in any practical yeah. level. But that's why you've all gone out and bought 5 gigahertz, you know, 802.11 AC wave to 
you know, blah, blah, blah. Sure we have. Yeah, yeah, We've sure all got we have. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't got seven-year-old <laughs> APs that, have you? <laughs> oh, boy. You probably have, but let's not admit to that. If there were interference issues, I assure you we'd be the no. first to hear about it. There wouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> the networking if there was interference uh, issues, your smartphone would cause interference, not the beacons. Right. Because these things are boosting Bluetooth at full power. And if somebody works walks by with a, a headset on and that causes your Wi-Fi to go out, you've got much worse problems. Right. The beacons aren't <laughs> going to have an impact on that. So don't think about that piece. Okay, so I think we're getting to the end. We've pretty much covered all the highlights. The product seems to be, in principle, the basic principles that we've got here are fairly simple, right? Little device, have a cloud app that does it for you, delivers it to the smartphone, and then you can start to do all of these things that we talked about. It really is that simple. Right, and you can learn more about it at meridianapps.com if you're interested in learning more about building an app using Meridian or also you know, making that app location aware with the Bluetooth Low Energy Beacons. You know, One thing that I'd say just to close is that you know, we've had a lot of success with customers working not only with the IT departments but also the marketing departments. And as you know, with mobile apps, it kind of brings everyone together now. So we've got the Meridian piece. That can be a positive experience and it can be fairly hair <laughs> It's been Somebody very positive for yeah. us because yeah. we've got beacon management tools for our IT pros. They don't have to worry about managing all this hardware. Mm. We've built in ways for them to do it. And then we have a content management system that marketing can manage pretty easily for the mobile apps. So yeah, it's been very... Very well received. Julie, are you social? Do you tweet? Do you blog anywhere? Yeah, definitely. I blog on the Aruba Airheads community, so you can find me there. Mm-hmm. Um, my latest post is on location sharing, if you want to learn more. And I'm also on Twitter, Jules Farina. Very good. That just about wraps it up for today's show. Thanks for everybody to listening to The Packet Pushes. Uh, as always, we'll be back again in a week's show, so make sure you listen. We thank Aruba for sponsoring the show today and giving us an opportunity to come down to the Atmosphere Conference. Actually, it's been quite good. Have you been having fun? Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's been good. Yeah. And thank you for it's joining us, Thank Julia. you for joining us. We've recorded shows here at Aruba, so make sure you go and check out those other ones. It's actually a bit of a, a Wi-Fi festival of, uh, festival of fun. Um, it, it, it's actually Uber Nerds is what's been going on here because mm. all the content has been heavy on uh, mm. implementation and configuration and how you actually build a wireless network. Yep. Uh, so this is this is that sort of a show, which is nice. Yep. So make sure if you like what you've heard here, go and check out the other shows that we've recorded. They'll be across the Packer Pushes network. You can listen to this and many other fine and excellent technical podcasts for IT engineers and network professionals at PackerPushes.net. Please tell your friends all about the show. And as always, last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough. <laughs>